I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I have a somewhat interesting update, life update, I guess, which is if you've been keeping up with me on social media, then you may have seen that I was getting tested for sleep apnea. And the reason that I was doing this is because I was experiencing like a lot of lethargy and grinding my teeth and waking up at night and just never feeling well rested. And I just got the results back and it turns out that I do have sleep apnea. So I just wanted to share that because first of all, I kind of had to advocate for myself because I was told by a few different people that because they didn't meet some of the markers, it's not likely that that's the issue. But I really felt on some level that there was an issue with my sleep. And so I guess this is just my message that if you are in any position where you kind of need to advocate for yourself and you have this kind of feeling that there's something wrong, then it's definitely worth pursuing. And for me, of course, this is a diagnosis that is going to affect my life, but it's honestly a relief because now I have some answers for how, or excuse me, why I've been feeling the way that I have and Yeah, that's just honestly a bit of a relief to know that there is a path forward. So with that aside, I know that some of you have been keeping up with that journey and I'll continue to update you as I move into different phases of the journey. My next phase is to trial a CPAP machine and then if that's a good fit, then I'll continue to sleep with that and From what I've heard, they've been really life-changing, so I'm actually really excited to give that a try. Today's discussion, I would say, is a relatively existential conversation. We're talking about the meaning of life and also our life purpose. And this is a conversation that I notice happening a lot within my demographic. I find it stresses a lot of people out and has really stressed me out and I did a poll on Instagram to see if the concept of purpose and trying to find meaning in life and needing to find a purpose if that was something that was a source of stress and about 92% of you said yes so that to me means that this is a worthwhile conversation and honestly if you just do a quick google search of the meaning of life so many different results come up things like to find your purpose to find your gift to be happy etc etc now as we'll discuss in more detail throughout this episode my personal view is that there is no meaning and there is no purpose it just is and of course we can create and assign meaning 
in our lives, but recognizing that the way we've done so doesn't necessarily apply to everyone else because it's so subjective. And the same goes for other people. The meaning that they've assigned to their lives doesn't necessarily have to apply to us. And that's one thing that I really want to mention before we get into it is going down this whole process and this whole journey that I've been on has really required me being able to look at what other people are doing and hear the advice that they're giving me and hear their perspective and be able to have a buffer for myself to say, okay, well, that might make sense in your life, but I don't think that makes sense for me. So the meaning that somebody else has assigned to an event in their life or a circumstance or what they deem as a purpose or what they deem as meaningful in life, it is okay to give ourselves permission for that to be different for us. I think that that is a really important kind of prerequisite to this conversation is just giving yourself permission for the meaning that you assign to your life and to events and circumstances in it to be different from the meaning that someone else assigns. And I know for me, one of the most frustrating things is to be misunderstood in what I meant to say by something. But the reality is, is we all are going to perceive things through our own specific lens. And so the reality is, is some people aren't going to understand that and some people are going to interpret it differently. And if we can learn to accept that people have different states of or excuse me, different points of view and different perceptions without needing to fight against that. I think that at least in my life that has created a lot more harmony. So to me, the idea that there isn't really any meaning or purpose to life, this actually empowers me because if things aren't absolute, then there's so much potential in what we can create and experience. But I do want to validate that this can be overwhelming. I have a close friend who will sometimes say to me, like, I don't want to really talk about this right now because these types of existential conversations can be depressing or I guess just a lot and overwhelming. So I would say that if you find yourself leaning in that direction, then this episode might be one to revisit at another time or not at all. And I do also want to say that we're not going to be, you know, saying that you have to throw away any idea of purpose or meaning in your life, especially if that brings you pleasure or comfort. It's not about taking the perspective that there is no meaning and no purpose and just throwing all of those ideas out the window, especially when they're things that keep you grounded. The purpose of this conversation is actually to relieve some of the pressure that you may feel in finding meaning or finding purpose and also recognizing that you have a say in creating your own and giving yourself permission for the meaning you assign to things to evolve as you do. You don't have to be stuck in one way of seeing things or seeing yourself and that's the beauty in my opinion of seeing life in this way. It means that despite what you may have experienced or what you are currently experiencing, there is no one set way that you need to see things or define yourself. There's a lot of flexibility in that. And this is, for me, this idea can really be applied to the concept of reality creation because we can start to use things that are happening in our lives to spin sort of a narrative that is supportive 
rather than the opposite, something that is always kind of in favor of our demise or our failure. And I find that for me in the past, I've infused a lot of meaning into seemingly negative circumstances and I've identified that those are more meaningful about me than the good things and the good things are kind of just one-offs or write-offs but they don't really mean a lot in the bigger picture of my life. So when we can reframe the meaning we infuse into different events in our lives Not as a way of bypassing the difficulty and challenge in them, but in being able to open up our perspective as to how things maybe are supporting us in some way, even if they're challenging. So I think that having freedom in the meaning we assign to things happening in our lives means that we can use this to our advantage when it comes to reality creation. If we experience something that we perceive as a setback or a failure, for example, Rather than allowing that to mean that we are doomed to always be stuck in the same spot, excuse me, forever, or that we'll never get where we want to go, we can choose to weave it into our narrative in a more supportive way. And quite honestly, this is literally what gets me through periods of feeling stuck or stagnant or experiencing a lot of rejection. When I first started my social media journey, I was experiencing rejection left, right, and center. I was reaching out to a lot of brands. I was getting ghosted. I was receiving rejection after rejection. And my attitude started to shift in the way that I was going to perceive these events that were happening because they were happening regardless. The best that I could do is to allow myself to feel the disappointment, but not make it mean anything about my ability to move towards my desired reality because I wanted to be the one who decided that. I didn't want to outsource that to other people to decide my ability to live in the way that I wanted to. So if I do make something in my life mean something, I want it to be supportive. So like I said, when I was getting ghosted from brands or when I was getting rejected, I actually imagined that this was kind of like character development or story development. It kept things interesting. It kept things kind of moving. And I imagined that one day I would look back and be so grateful that something didn't work out. Or I'd even imagine a brand that rejected me being bummed because you know, I was such a big success and they had kind of like missed out on their opportunity to work with me. And honestly, that's what gets me through those experiences. And that's what makes me feel hopeful, regardless of what I'm experiencing in relation to things like failure or rejection. And all this is really doing is you're taking an experience and you're making it work in your favor rather than against. Or if that feels like too big a stretch, to do what I did and try to weave it in in a more supportive way. Another option that I often recommend is just to simply neutralize what's happening. It's not bad, it's not good, it's just a neutral, random experience and it doesn't mean anything about you, it doesn't mean anything about your ability to move forward, it just is what it is. So that you're not repeatedly assigning meaning that works to your detriment. Now, something that I think many of us do when it comes to assigning meaning in our lives is we outsource what things mean. We let other people decide for us. So we have this seemingly really cool 
and really freeing opportunity to kind of create our own life story and to create the meaning that we assign to our life and the meaning that we assign to experiences and events. We have the ability to create that meaning. But I think that we collectively kind of outsource our agency and our ability to create meaning to something outside of ourselves. We may inherit narratives, excuse me, I am really fumbling over my words today. We may inherit narratives and stories and meanings from other people. For example, there's a lot of negative charge around the idea of failure for me i don't even really like using that word because to me it's just feedback it's that you tried something it didn't go necessarily in the way that you wanted to but i think the meaning that many of us have assigned to failure is that it's a sign that you're not on the right path and that you should give up and that you're useless or any number of things on the other hand certain people, especially very successful people, would say that failure is actually a necessary part of the experience and they would train themselves not to take it so seriously and not to let it mean so much about themselves. I think another thing would be rejection and experiencing rejection. I think at least for me, I would have seen that as quite a negative thing because that's kind of generally what we all collectively seem to feel about rejection whereas I actually kind of have shifted not to the point where I look forward to it but I truly have such a mindset of when things when I'm being rejected by something or someone it's in a sense can be a gift because I always look back and I can see how that rejection led me to a different path that I'm on now and how I can actually be quite grateful for that rejection. And again, this isn't in any way meant to bypass the difficulty or the pain that that experience can feel like, but again, still being able to recognize that we can zoom out a bit and allow experiences such as failure or rejection or anything that we perceive to be negative, we can actually start to reframe the meaning that we assign to them. We're going to actually go through a few different areas of life that we assign meaning and we're going to just have a conversation about how we might be able to reframe the meaning that we assign to them if we notice that it's working against us. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit for a moment about what I'm calling in this episode the purpose trap. Now, I've always felt this undercurrent of pressure but especially since entering the quote-unquote real world, to have a purpose and for that to look a certain type of way. My purpose is seemingly expected to be associated with my career or work. There seems to be this social pressure to be able to have a very neat and tidy answer to who are you and what do you do, to be able to define ourselves in a succinct, well-understood way. And that's something that I've honestly always had a hard time doing. Things like giving an elevator pitch about myself or writing bios or about me sections, I find it to be difficult because I feel, and I've talked about this on the podcast many times, I truly feel like I'm a different person one day to the next and I'm supposed to be finding this one sole life's purpose that I can attach myself to for the rest of my life. 
I have felt sort of a sense of inadequacy in conversations with people who seem to really know who they were, why they were here, what they're here to do, and what their quote-unquote purpose was. Because on some level, I guess, I thought that I would be more valid if I could find a way to define myself and my life. It seems like I anticipate feeling this great flood of relief if finally I can end the search for my purpose and I can just find it and I can dedicate myself to it and I can live that purpose out for the rest of my life. And to be honest, I feel that for a long time I felt bad about my seemingly undefinable nature until I experimented with the idea that maybe I don't have a purpose and maybe if I do on any level, that is evolving moment to moment. For me, the search for a purpose did not bring me comfort or pleasure or a sense of belonging necessarily. To me, the search for a purpose felt like desperation and pressure and anxiety like I wouldn't really be a value or fit or you know be accepted into different spaces until I completed this quest but I started to play around with the idea and I exposed myself to different types of people and kind of played around with the fact that maybe I don't have a purpose and just began to try that idea on I started to think about the idea that maybe I'm just here to experience and experiment and witness and be alive and that any meaning I infuse into this seemingly completely random experience is okay, but it's also up to me. And when I started letting go of that attachment to the idea that I had to have a purpose, I also noticed that I seemingly had this kind of trade-off that I was making on a subconscious level that said that if I find a purpose, I will be valid. And until I find a until I find that purpose, I'm not really valid. And that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about meaning is when we have this idea that if I do X, then I will have Y. But when we have this relationship that requires us to do something that we don't already have, then we're not really free. We're attached to that system of needing to find that purpose. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And then we'll be valid and then we'll be acceptable and then people will love us. And the idea here is to kind of flip that on its head and say, if I stumble upon a purpose something that I relate to as a purpose or connect to, or I find meaning in something, that's great. That's a bonus, but I'm already good regardless. And I'm already deserving of everything that I desire regardless. And again, if you did find yourself in that like 90% of people who find the search for a purpose to be quite stressful and for that to feel like pressure, just remember that at least from my perspective, it is overwhelmingly connected to our contributions to the marketplace meaning that it seems like if you say that what you do and your purpose is to be a mother that's not as well accepted as to be a business person we seemingly weight certain life purposes higher than others and that to me is not inherent that is strategic and it forces us to never feel okay if we haven't achieved some level of achievement, I just repeated the word twice, but you know what I'm saying. If we haven't, you know, collected a certain accolade or a degree of any kind, this is really about reversing that and recognizing that we don't have to participate in that experience of validating ourselves through something outside of ourselves. I want to talk about some of the ways or areas of life in which we can assign meaning and also more specifically the areas in which we can assign meaning that works against us and how we can begin to reframe that. The first and probably most prominent that comes to mind for me are meaning-making systems like astrology, religion, spirituality, human design, things that help us to create meaning again in a seemingly random meaningless experience for me these systems can make me feel grounded they can make me feel connected and they can make me feel like i have an explanation for who i am and how i operate most efficiently and that is the way that i began to connect with something like human design and astrology in the past i found both of these systems to be extremely overwhelming because i felt on some level coming back to that trade-off if i don't learn everything there is to learn about astrology or human design then i won't be able to live effectively and i won't be able to manifest effectively because i don't really understand how this works and it became this overwhelming experience where again i was outsourcing my ability to 
move forward and move towards my desired reality to my level of understanding of an external system. What I'm trying to say here is that I have learned what works best for me and what may work for you if you feel overwhelmed by things like astrology and human design and all of the different modalities of spirituality that you have maybe internalized this idea that you have to engage with or you will not be quote-unquote well if you feel that overwhelmed then this might help you for me the only way that i engage with a meaning-making system is to allow it to confirm or validate something that i had already kind of sensed within myself and to have a little bit more data behind that and to be able to connect with other people who can also relate but On the other hand, if I ever use it kind of as a crutch or to outsource my agency, or if I read something in it that doesn't resonate with me, but I find myself feeling like I have to align with it because that's what it says, and I'll give us example in a second. If I ever find myself teetering too far to that direction, that's when I know I need to take a step back and maybe just leave that for a little bit. So What I mean by this, like I said, to confirm something, I have spoken before about the fact that my human design, what comes back when I enter my details into a human design website is that I'm a manifesting generator. Now, this is a type and I won't get into this too much because I don't, I don't know a lot about it, but what I do know is that this type of person is very versatile. They like to be doing a bunch of different things. They don't like to spend too long on things. They like to evolve very quickly. And this actually really, really massively benefited me and my career because on some level, I really, really identified with that, but I didn't see that type of person reflected in society in that like in successful spaces. I saw people being represented who were very committed to one thing, who were very driven, who were very motivated. Whereas I like to think of myself as a little bit more all over the place, but in a good way. And human design helped me to reframe that aspect of myself to be a strength and not a weakness. So that is an example of connecting with a meaning-making system in a way that is helpful to me and supportive to me. On the other hand, I could get so consumed by, for example, the strategy that it was telling me to live by, and I could get so bogged down by that, and I could say that that was really how I had to be to my detriment. And I think for me, anytime that I feel like I'm engaging with something like this out of obligation, or again, like I'm making the trade-off that if I don't do this, I won't have why, that's when I know that there is room for me to grow a little bit more within myself. It's this idea that someone else has answers that you don't, and that you don't have the ability to connect with answers within yourself. So again, the way that I connect with it is an external meaning making system can help me to can help to reflect back answers that i already kind of was ruminating on within myself and can also help to validate me and to make me feel a sense of belonging and to also make me reframe certain insecurities for example another kind of similar theme is the meaning that we assign to 
events in our lives and phases in our lives and experiences that we have. An example of this would be the healing journey. I actually sort of avoid using this term now for myself. I used to use it a lot, but I found that the more I engaged with it and the more that I made my whole experience with anxiety and different mental health experiences, the more I made that mean in my life for me personally, the less I was able to move forward. I found that my experience with anxiety, my experience with the quote-unquote healing journey began to consume a little bit too much of my identity. And I began to play around with the idea that what if I could close this chapter for now, this healing journey, this anxiety experience, and what if I didn't have to assign so much meaning to it and I just looked at it as a part of my life that I can now start to move away from? What if I'm okay? What if I am not on the healing journey anymore? What if I am healed? It's not saying that I won't ever need to go back and kind of re-engage with certain practices, but it was this, the only way I can say it is this trade-off of feeling like I had to be doing all of these different practices and if I didn't do all of them, then I wouldn't be okay. And to me, that's looking around at what other people are doing on their healing journeys and making that mean something about me. Oh, I'm not meditating as much as that person is. I guess that means that I'm not spiritual enough or that my healing journey is not going to be as successful or oh, I'm not engaging with this healing modality that this person is. I guess that I'm not going to be able to get those same benefits. And the list goes on and on. What I ended up trying to do when it came to, as I said, my experience with anxiety and my experience with healing was to recognize that I had all of the tools that I needed right now where I was and also allowing myself to close the chapter when I needed to and to not compare myself to other people on their journeys and not feel like I need to make anything that they were going through mean anything about myself. My years of experience with debilitating anxiety and panic attacks don't need to mean anything about how the rest of my life is going to be and I don't I'm also not any less valid in that experience because now I'm not in that place. I felt like on some level, this may sound weird, but I felt like in order to be valid in my experience with anxiety, I would have had to experience it for a long, long time in my whole life. The reality is, is that was just kind of a meaning that I assigned to that experience. The next one, which we won't spend too much time on because I feel like it's pretty spoken about within at least a lot of stuff that I listen to in relation to mindfulness, but assigning meaning to, I will say, thoughts, but also emotions. Assigning meaning to seemingly random mental events, which are your thoughts and your, you know, emotions, and, you know, recognizing that it's normal to have fluctuations. I feel like part of the reason that we assign so much meaning to our negative thoughts and our lower emotional states is because we've been taught that there's something wrong with them. So that so we feel that we need to kind of get to the bottom of it. And I think in some cases, getting to the bottom of certain emotional states and trying to understand where that's coming from certainly can be helpful in some ways, but I have definitely found myself 
sitting in that a little bit too long, spending too much time ruminating on why I'm having a certain thought, why I'm having a certain emotion. I don't, however, on the other hand, do the same with my what we'll call positive thoughts or supportive thoughts. I don't spend time trying to get to the bottom of why I think that thought or where that thought came from or what life experience that arose from. It's just part of my life experience. Both are normal, both are neutral. And being able to just kind of take more of a witness perspective, I think it's kind of reverse logic because we think that we need to get to the bottom of why we're having certain thoughts in order to let them go. For me, that can be helpful in some cases, especially where I'm having repeated types of thoughts is understanding maybe where those are coming from. But once you know where they're coming from, you know. And continuing to ruminate on that doesn't, at least in my experience, help me. What helps me is to create space from those thoughts, not to assign so much meaning to them, and not to make them mean anything again about me or my life or my character. Also, just briefly, I'm going to apologize if you can hear my computer fan. It's being really loud right now. I think it's overheating, but there's not really much I can do about that right now. So apologies if you hear that. If not, just ignore this comment altogether. So the next big thing, and this is kind of interesting because of course we talk about the idea of blocks and things that impede you from moving towards your desired reality and areas of your journey that you are resistant to etc we talk about those a lot so i want to be but i want to be intentional about how we relate to things that we've identified as blocks i think when we give them so much meaning and make them mean so much in our experience specifically in our ability to create the reality that we want we get stuck behind them because we perceive that they're blocking us and that we can't move. And so, you know, maybe I'll play around with a different word for them in future offerings. But what we really want, the relationship that we want to have with them, at least that I strive to have with blocks, is that they're helpful in locating where you currently are and some of the obstacles that you may encounter. But they don't really mean anything about you and we don't need to over-identify with them. I sometimes call them passable interferences because it's just something that may potentially come in between you, but it's not something that's going to stop you from getting there. I The thing that comes to mind for me here is like traffic. Yes, it might make the journey to your destination a little slower or a little longer, but it's not bad. It's just part of the journey and that's what you accept when you go on that journey is that you're going to encounter traffic and you don't have to give up you don't have to turn around you just have to be willing to sit through that and to try to identify the best way to move forward and to be able to identify potentially alternate routes forward so I know in the spirituality space and in the manifestation space we talk a lot about blockages and things that we're resistant to but I've been playing around with the idea that I don't have to make them mean so much. Again, it's helpful to know, it's helpful to be aware of what you're going to encounter, but it's not 
worth giving so much meaning to them to the extent that we let it stop us from moving towards our desired reality. Okay, so now I want to read out some of the answers from the story sticker that I posted, basically asking, you know, what are your thoughts on this whole idea of purpose and meaning? The first one says, inescapable capitalism gets in the way. This is really interesting because I just took a break from recording to sit down and eat my lunch. And for some reason, this phrase popped into my head of how much of your identity and self-worth is associated with your contributions to the marketplace. It's really hard to untangle, as I said, our purpose and our sense of self-worth and the meaning that we assign to our life path. It's really hard to untangle that from capitalism. And I think what this person is saying is it's really hard to actually discern what is genuinely something that you feel purposeful in doing and what is more born out of the system of capitalism and that's something that I am always unraveling and probably will continue to. Another person said, I've realized for me the meaning of life is simply connecting with people. Another one says, I think life is just to experience things and the messaging of it comes from those experiences. Yeah, so again, this is the same as where I came from, which is sort of that there isn't one. It's just to experience and to be here and to be alive. Another person said, I believe that the meaning of life is just to live, to feel what it's like to be a human on earth. Yeah, and especially if you're someone that somewhat believes in something beyond this life experience that we're having, recognizing that there's probably more out there that we have not experienced, but this is the experience that we're in and the purpose of it is just to be in it and to experience it. Kind of like playing a game. You're just playing a game. You're feeling what it's like to play that game. You're learning about it. You're learning how to navigate the game but beyond that there's no grander purpose from my perspective another person said maybe there isn't a meaning so we should just all enjoy our short time on earth yeah i think that's kind of the idea behind this episode is if purpose and meaning and having the ability to connect with that at various points of your life brings you comfort and brings you joy and pleasure, then by all means. But if you fall into that category of people that it's actually not making you enjoy life anymore and it's not making you feel any more connected to your experience, then maybe you can try on, like I did, the idea that there isn't one. Another person said, a question wrapped in an enigma. And I didn't know what enigma meant. I think it's like mystery. I'm going to double check. Yeah, so the word enigma, for those of you who didn't know, like I didn't, it means like a mystery or a puzzle. So what this person is saying is my question that I asked of what do you think the purpose of life is or do you think that there is one is kind of like saying that that's a question wrapped in a mystery. So even contemplating the idea of purpose is almost like we're still just pulling from thin air. We're still pulling from not having necessarily the whole picture. And sometimes even the contemplation of purpose can feel useless because how do we even know if what we're saying is accurate? I think this conversation is about finding something that you can connect with that is supportive and that makes you feel like you can relax and enjoy your life a bit more. 
then that's as far as you really need to take the exploration in my opinion. Another person said to experience to enjoy. This I find kind of interesting. Of course, I agree with experience. I'll have to think a little bit about the idea that life is meant to be enjoyed. I personally don't know that I fully agree with that. I think enjoyment is a byproduct of doing things that you find pleasurable, but I don't think that it's the point. And I think sometimes, this is going to sound like negative, but it's not meant to, when our primary goal or purpose in life is to be happy, for me, this can eliminate the like it can make me feel like in periods where I'm not happy like I'm not valid or I'm not living out my purpose I think the whole spectrum whether that's enjoyment or pain or challenge or ease is valid and is part of this experience and we wouldn't know what enjoyment was if we didn't know what it was like to not enjoy something so you can't in my opinion really extract one from the other Now, this could be a very limited way of thinking. Maybe there are people who live in complete bliss 24-7. I just feel that to think, for me, to think that life is meant to only be enjoyed would maybe make me feel in the moments that I wasn't enjoying, like there was no purpose to those moments, if that makes sense. I think that's all the questions that I will leave for today. Thank you, as always, for responding to these and for your input. I love to talk through different perspectives. And of course, as I always say, my perspective is always evolving. So maybe one day I will think that the purpose of life is to enjoy it. I don't know. Who knows? The beauty is, is that I get to choose and I get to let it evolve as I evolve. So thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will see you in next week's episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.